earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Well, hello, and thanks so much for joining me today on this maiden voyage of the program, A Word from the Word. Friends, I'd like to just tell you a tiny bit about myself. I'm a transplant from the East Coast, the real East Coast, that is, you know, the eastern seaboard, northeastern New Jersey, and the New York City metro area. I've been living here in the Valley of the Sun now for nearly 25 years, and I can't tell you how thankful I am for the pastors, the teachers, and the professors who discipled and mentored me during those Jersey days and my spiritually formative years. Men and women of God who were committed to communicating the Bible with accuracy and genuine care. From all of them, I gained a deep respect and love for God's Word, and now I have the privilege of passing on to you what I've learned. So, friends, let's get right to it, shall we? Today, I'd like to talk with you about a four-letter word we're all very familiar with. In fact, we use it almost every day. Some of us probably do use it every day. That word, friends, is love. You see, friends, the Bible has a story to tell us, doesn't it? In fact, it's crying out. Actually, it's screaming out to tell us its story. But what do we often do? And I'm including myself in this, in that we, because in my early days, I thought I knew how to teach the Bible, but I really didn't. So what do we often do, friends? We make the Bible, even force the Bible to tell our story. And to this I say, shame on us. So, our Bible has a story to tell us about love, doesn't it? And we are pretty fortunate, aren't we, to have the Bible in English. And even reading it in English, it's a powerful book, isn't it? Well, I'm here to tell you that just digging a little deeper beneath the surface— to the Bible's original languages, we'll find that our English translations come alive in a way we'd never expect. Let's just take our single English word love for a minute. And the way we often use it, haven't we all said, I love hot dogs, especially with sauerkraut and spicy brown mustard? Haven't we all said, I love my car? Or, I love my wife or husband. Or even, I love my pet. Or how about, I love my sister. 
or I love my brother, or I love my dad, I love my mom. Some of us may even have the benefit of saying, I love my job. How about, I love my church, or I love God's word, or I love God. Pretty wide range of meanings here, right? Well, friends, the beauty of God's word is that buried beneath the surface of our English translations are the languages God originally gave his word to us in, the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek languages. And in my opinion, it's a great day for the believer when we have the curiosity and develop or cultivate a desire to investigate these a little more so we can appreciate the shades of meaning behind the words we read and be confident we are telling the right story, the Bible's story, and not our own story, which may be influenced by our prejudices, both human and religious, our preconceived ideas of ev- or even modern ideas that we force back into the text when we should be drawing out from the text what it actually meant in its original setting. Now, I know, friends, that this might take a little extra work, but isn't God's word, isn't God's word deserving of this level of respect, this level of devotion to truth, this level of protecting his word from charlatans or false teachings? Note what the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.17. He's actually speaking for all the apostles when he says this. Here's his words in 2 Corinthians 2.17. You see, we are not like the many hucksters, or that word could be translated peddlers, who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Now, friends, here's an enlightening fact. When we investigate just a little This word peddlers, or as I said, it's sometimes translated hucksters, we discover that the first century setting referred to unscrupulous merchants who were peddling their wares for a fast buck. Here, Paul draws a spiritual parallel to spiritual peddlers who are ministry marketers marketing the word of God for fast gain, spiritual retailers, if you will, who do slick marketing for base gain, corrupting and adulterating the word of God. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? And fun, too. Imagine combing through the word of God and learning all these tidbits about words and concepts that enrich our understanding of the word of God we hold in our hands. 
And that's precisely what we'll be doing in this broadcast. In today's and next week's program, we'll take a little deeper look at our word love in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I've titled our study today, What's Love Got to Do With It? Part 1. Let's unearth the riches of a Hebrew word for love that is pretty awesome. In fact, friends, this phenomenal word, chesed, is one of several words in Hebrew for love. But for me, it's the one that packs the biggest punch, probably because it describes God himself. It's sprinkled throughout the Hebrew scriptures, which are our Old Testament, from Genesis to Zechariah, some 248 times. And over half of these, 127 times, believe it or not, appear in the Psalms, the quintessential Psalm being Psalm 136, where in its 26 verses, the phrase, his love endures forever, appears 26 times. God's love endures forever. His chesed endures forever. The psalm begins, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Since we're in the Thanksgiving season of our year, this is a great psalm to read and meditate on. Chesed. If you're sharing your drive time with me today, or even if you're listening on a mobile device or the podcast, let me help you picture this word. The English spelling that helps us pronounce this word is C-H-E-S-E-D, kind of like cheese with a D on the end. But the C-H sound is a soft sound, so it's pronounced chesed. Many Bible scholars have often complained that this magnificent Hebrew word is difficult to translate into English simply because there's no direct equivalent in our language. So you want to explore the richness of this word with me? Okay, here we go. Chesed carries with it these words and ideas. So listen carefully. Kindness, kind love, or as some of our Bibles use to translate it, loving kindness, mercy, favor. And you know what, friends? Attached to this word favor is the idea of grace, goodness, grace, benevolence, compassion, devotion, Generosity, as in generously loving or loving generously, unchanging love, faithful love, loyal love. Stop, Pastor Tom. No more. No more, please. But I'm going to continue because there's some more words here that we need to know. Covenant love, steadfast love, committed love, unfailing love. Devoted love. Extending love when it's not deserved. Ouch. Gracious or graceful love. 
tenderness. Need I say more? You know what? In our English Bibles, this word is sometimes camouflaged because of all the context it appears in and all the synonyms used to describe it. I don't know about you, but just hearing that list makes me want to blurt out, I can't possibly live up to this kind of love. No way can I meet that standard of loving. And you know what, friends? You're correct. With man, this would be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. From a purely human vantage point, and with only human resources, we will fail miserably every time. But thanks be to God for his divine resources that give us divine assistance. Friends, take courage in the words of Peter in his second letter. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we read these courageous words. Courageous for us, that is. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Did you catch that? His divine power. He's called us by his own glory and goodness. Some 10 of these words I listed earlier, or their variations, are used even by the King James translators in the King James Bible. Even they recognized that it took that many English words just to attempt to adequately communicate the meaning of this rich and all-encompassing word. Taken together, the scripture references that broadcast this incredible word help us to see that chesed is both an attribute of God and what God desires we express and live out before him and before others. If you're saying, wow, so am I, friends. Listen to the prophet Micah in one of the well-known verses from his book. This is Micah chapter 6, verse 8, which tells us, He has shown you, O man, and you know what? We can put woman in there too. He has shown you, O man, or O woman, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love mercy, chesed, to love chesed, and to walk humbly with your God, to love mercy, to love chesed. It's an interesting combination of two words here, literally to love, love, using two different Hebrew words for love. The first one has been coined by the New American Standard Concordance as including the idea of being lovesick. It's almost as if Micah was telling us to become lovesick for love. Love sick 
for God's love. Love sick for chesed. Let's wrap our minds around that for a moment. The depth of the meaning of this awesome word, chesed, is seen throughout the Hebrew scriptures, which are our Old Testament, as representing God's undying covenantal love relationship with his chosen people and, more specifically, to particular key people whom he makes certain promises. So, this tells me that the gospel of Jesus Christ is in no way an invention of 12 men. Rather, it is the purest manifestation of God's steadfast, merciful, compassionate love to all those who are willing and courageous enough to put their trust in him. Now, to stay totally truthful and honest, friends, I need to let you know that a secondary meaning of chesed is reproach, but it's better understood as the word discipline. But because the first and most prominent meaning is all of those synonyms for love, mercy, etc. that we spoke about earlier, we must be careful to realize that even God's disciplinary measures are rooted and centered in his great love. So just listen to a tremendous portion of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 and following verses. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Then just a little later on in that same chapter, chapter 8, we read these verses. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. 
but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you surely will be destroyed. And finally, notice how the New Testament picks up on this idea of the disciplinary love of God as the writer of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 7. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens every one he accepts as his son. That's a quotation from the book of Proverbs, by the way. And then the writer to Hebrews kind of closes out that little portion by saying, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. So, hesed. In the Jewish religious community, this word and concept is valued by all Jewish denominations. On its own, it is considered a virtue, and in their minds, chesed is at the foundation. Listen to this. This is a Jewish concept. Chesed is at the foundation of repairing the world from the fall. One Jewish rabbi taught, The world rests upon three things, God's law, service to God, and bestowing kindness. Another rabbi claimed that the law of God begins with chesed and ends with chesed. You see, these early rabbis understood that the law of Moses is characterized by chesed, and they further understood that God set forth a vision of the ideal life whose goals and behaviors are characterized by mercy and compassion. Characterized by chesed. Friends, this beautiful and all-encompassing word, I believe, is summarized in, it's portrayed by, and it's captured in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Listen, listen to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew says it the best in Matthew 9.36. When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Friends, the quintessential questions we all have to ask ourselves are these. What are we, where are we in our measure of the chesed of God? Are we growing more and more in God's love? Can we honestly say that at the end of the year, as it approaches, we are loving God and loving our neighbors more than we did last year? 
Can we point to our love for God and our love for others and be thankful we have growth in that love? You know, more kindness, more mercy, more grace, etc. This is not a legalistic scorecard. I'm going to share a verse from next week's continuation on love from the New Testament, from 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, and 10. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other, for indeed you do practice it towards all the brethren, but we urge you, excel still more. As we close today's program, just know that I'm a local pastor here in the Valley, semi-retired, but overseeing several disciple-making communities to engage the scriptures on a deeper level. I also host a pastor's get-together at restaurants. Friends, prayer is important to me, and I want you to know that I would like to be praying for you. This email is also where you may contact me to learn how you can support this radio ministry for which I'd be very grateful. Thanks for listening, and always remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com.